Welcome to another episode of The Suck. Um, I am ecstatic. I'm sorry, I had to fix the camera here. I don't know what's going on. I am ecstatic for this episode. Um, <clears throat> I already started saying, um, I'm just, because this is something that I really want to talk about, and I'm glad that you're the person to talk to, because you reached out to me. We've been talking for quite a while now, like a couple months, and right. just based off of our conversations, we've had a lot of great personal conversations about life, about the duty, about what you're going through and what other people are going through, right? And we've talked about some different ways to combat it, to get through it. And <clears throat> I'm just ecstatic to keep, to have you here. Um, <clears throat> so if you can just introduce yourself so everybody knows who we're talking to, and then we're going to hop right into the conversation. Sounds good. So um, just like you say, I'm Charles, Charles Mooney. I'm a currently an 8411. Um, came up on here just to kind of have that conversation. So like, yeah, me and you just had a lot of conversations about um, like family stuff, kind of like personal off, off duty type stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of had that mindset as like, if I'm thinking it, there's someone else that's probably thinking it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, definitely want to get that out there and kind of get the so- little spinning, you know? So right off the bat, I'm glad that you introduced yourself as as an 8411. Um, thank you, because Mm -hmm. a lot of people right off the bat, a lot of people have an issue with currently at this time. I'm an 8411. Nobody cares about what the hell else you did in the Marine Corps, dog. Right now, during this campaign, during this season of your life, you are an 8411, and that's all that matters. So until you come to terms with that, you're going to have a long three years. And that's the biggest problem that people have an un- a misunderstanding and an issue with is that right now at this time, yes, maybe it's not your primary MOS. But right now, it is your MOS for the next 36 months. So one of the things that I want to talk to you about, and this is something that we've been talking about for a while, is just positive mental attitude, right? We've been taught from the earliest ages of the Marine Corps, from boot camp, to have and to hold a positive mental attitude. What does that mean to you, especially on a duty where you have, where in my opinion, you have to have it every single day? Uh, so P- we call it um, PMA, but positive mental attitude. So I worked on that at the ranges. I was on Paris Island. I was like a coach out there, like, okay. um, like, like CMC and CMT out there. And something we always preach to recruits is like, positive mental attitude that, that needs to come before anything. It's something that a lot of people don't learn early in life. Um, I really didn't. I had a pretty bad attitude growing up. And uh, at some point in my time in the Marine Corps, I had to check that and stop doing that. And I still catch myself slipping. But um, I think one of the first things that really took hold when I came out here, I remember checking in and I had a really bad attitude. Check in, even during BRC, I had a really bad attitude. Um, and I think it got exploited. You know, I'm not going to mention names of that, but they're like, because it, kind of, it gives a really bad impression. For one, it makes you unapproachable. And two, if you're the kind of guy that might struggle, like first thing people are gonna remember whenever you're struggling is like, oh, that dude has a, had a shitty attitude when I first met him. Like, why would I help him? You know what I mean? But that there's a saying, I don't know who said it. I don't even know where I heard it first, but it's like the only disability in life is a bad attitude. And that's that's Bro, the truth. You are not um, wrong. But real quick before you move on, I wanna ask this question. Why do you why because you already said it, but why did you have a bad attitude? right off the gate in BRC? Like, why did you find this, that you had this attitude? Like, what was it about? 
that was going on? Like, was it something going on in life? Was it you were mad about getting tested? Like, what was going on in life that at this time you felt and noticed that you had this bad attitude? Um, I had a lot going on. Um, not necessarily like really bad things. Just I was at that like point in my life where I was coming over that hill where it was like, all right, process, get this stuff done out of the way. My life's about to take off in a good way. You know, I started getting my finances set. Um, got I was already engaged and then now I'm married. I started in that process of just getting married, got histed. And my wife, uh, who was a drill instructor on Paris Island where I was stationed, um, originally I had applied and got accepted to even go to DI school. And then, of course, DI school was backed up like two plus years. Recruiting's hurting. You get histed, so you don't really get a choice where you go. And they're like, hey, you're, you're going to be a recruiter instead. And I gave X, Y, Z. I was like, hey, I'm about to get married. Wife's here, yada, yada, yada. And they're like, that's great. You're still going to recruiting school. And, um, hey, it is what it is. So I just took orders. I knew I knew I didn't want an R3. I knew I knew I wanted – I still want to make some Marine Corps a career as long as I can. And I knew it was best for my future family to take it. So I was like, all right, I just got to be a man and take it. So went there, had a pretty bad attitude in BRC. And I think it – limited my learning because i caught myself mm. not lacking not lacking because of just intelligence or grasping the thing i think it was just not being in the room when i should be in the room just because i was thinking about everything than what i should be and because you of were, that i lost a lot so you of, were there but you weren't present in the mind right and that's all because of bad attitude because the whole time i was thinking of i shouldn't be there this is this is some bullshit i should not even be mm. here and it stunted my growth and i'm not just saying that because it's like the politically correct answer like it's true and as with anything, recruiting, sports, Marine Corps, family, husband, wife, kids, whatever the case is. Um, yeah. And then I got out here, checked in, had a pretty bad attitude meal and checked in. But um, I think my wife actually sat me down and she's like, hey, you can't really stop it. And she's like, because she's like my, in a way, she's kind of like almost like my therapist in a way. But she's always like <laughs> kind of like a better half. Or she's like, can you change it? I was like, no. And she's like, you just got to suck it up and deal with it. Because there's nothing we can oh. do about it. She's like. She's like, just, just, she's like, you can't, she, what she told me, she's like, you can't change what's going on right now, but you can change the outcome of it. You know what I mean? Well, so. thank you to your wife. Just to let her know, I said, thank you. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the thing, man. That's the thing, man, is that it, when we, you know, you saw the Facebook status that kind of spiraled into like 55 different comments. And, and <clears throat> I, I just want to talk about it because, so first off, did I come off the wrong way? Did I say something and maybe people took it the wrong way? Okay, listen. And I'll quote myself. I said, shut the fuck up and grind. Okay. When I said that, I never inter- – if you know me and you listen to my podcast and you know me as a Marine, as a leader, I never meant that as in, hey, don't worry about mental health. Don't go get yourself help. I never meant that. Mm-hmm. What I meant is that – and you can vouch for me, but – there, how many recruiters do you know that sit in the RSS, bitch moan and gripe about how I don't want to be here, I don't want to be a recruiter, and then by the time 12 o'clock comes, they still haven't made phone calls, they still haven't gone out, they're talking about how they have nothing for tomorrow, and we just don't do nothing about it. And now mind right. you, I, and everyone who's listened to my podcast, this is episode 43 on recruiting duty. I have brought up all of what's wrong with recruiting duty. I have brought up all of the injustices. I've brought up all the lack of training. But it is only fair if I sit here and call out the 8412s and I call out the command, I got to call you out too. For sure. Because it's the reality of it. I cannot place all of the blame 
on one person because the blame isn't on one person. And and if you read through like a lot of the comments, you have people talking about how quality of life is the problem. Listen, I promise you, if the Marine Corps said tomorrow that Marine Corps offices could only be open eight to five, you would still have motherfuckers complaining about the duty. You would still have people with their feet up on the desk because now, no matter what happens, no matter what I have for tomorrow, I'm going to leave at 501. So those same people who don't give a shit, who drag their ass all day, are still going to not do shit. Yep. We can't change that. They're always going to be there. So the point, of the, the point of my status, the point of this episode, the point of what we're talking about is that if you walk into work, I was in an office today. I, I, I went to hang out with my boy. Love him to death. But I was in the office from 8.30 until 4 o'clock. In that time, I cannot imagine the amount of times this dude said, bro, I hate this job. Bro, I only got six months left. Bro, I can't wait. Bro, I'm going to only write my two when I'm done. Bro, I'm not going to write another four. Bro, this, bro, that, bro, this, bro, that. And I'm and I and I'm sitting there and I'm talking to him and I'm like, bro, if you would just take that amount of negative energy that you have about Marine Corps recruiting duty and just put it into prospecting, you would kill this. You would kill it. You would destroy it. Because you've already shown that you could go from being, dude, this guy was a zero. He was a zero. He wrote for in his first year, he wrote one contract in one year. Now He's writing twos, fours, and he's getting better. And that's with the negative mindset. So where would you be if you had a positive mindset? Yeah, so I... So, um, so back back to you, what yeah. what was it that made you... And I, and I know you said you credit a lot to your wife, but what was it that made you look at, back at yourself and be like, bro, I really had a shitty attitude on BRC and I had a shitty attitude... When I first checked in, like, what was it that kind of slapped you in the fa- face and was like, hey, motherfucker, let's, let's get this in check. Honestly, I remember it, it took a fucking one. It took part of not really trusting the games. So didn't really trust the game, but I do trust the process. Rather, it's a mm. process of grinding. Rather, it's the case. But I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to give it one really solid month. As far as, as balls out, as long go before I went to par, I ended up riding four. Three were in-month contracts. One was given from another crew. I wasn't even in par yet. And I was like, holy fuck, this is just one month. And then I just started catching a lot of traction after that. I was, I was like, that's just one month. And I realized, like, what really, really got me going is remembering who the fuck I am. You know, mm. I caught to myself. I was like, listen, I'm not fucking I wasn't raised that way. I was raised to train. Like, don't train yourself to carry the whole day. Train yourself to take or be able to handle anything the day throws at you. You know what mm. I mean? It's like to say, like, don't, don't try to carry the day. Because that shit's, you know, heavy as hell and you're not going to get through it. But train yourself to deal with whatever comes in front of you. And yeah. I also realized, I honestly, I had a lot of negative, almost like clicks. Like I started getting, because, you know, you, you go into recruiting or you go to BRC, you got, you got the group of guys that volunteered. You got the group of guys that fucking hate this shit. You got the group of guys that are just here to keep a career. You got the group of guys that are just like trying to finish up and get out because they already made their mind and they were just hissing them, you know. And um, I found myself in a competition with a bunch of, I had actually really, a couple of really good friends of mine were in the same class as me, but they, um, they came out and they're just like, 
He's like, hey, bro, I just wrote, or I wrote a three. I'm not even par yet. What'd you get? And we just had these own little group chats going. And I was just like, oh, hell no, here we go. So uh, that kind of started, it almost became a competition. And then um, separating myself from the group. Because here's the thing. All it takes is those of you that's been through, like, rather it be some kind of training, mod training, zero training, RSS training, RS training, whatever the case is. Yeah, it is. Like, all it takes is one dude to be like, because we're all thinking it. Because the reason I have this podcast, but not everybody says it. And that goes good and bad. All it takes is one dude to be like, man, fuck this shit. I don't even want to be here. And you want to have 10 dudes agree with him. And that's all y'all start talking about. You know what I no, mean? And, and no, and no, and exactly. That's it. And that's the reality of it. And that's why, like, I kind of try to keep myself off that Facebook page and stuff. Because if you realize it, it's like, bro, I, I guarantee half the people that are saying they're amazing and half the people that are saying, hey, F this, were probably the trashes of the trashes recruiters. Like, re- mm-hmm. re- reality. You were probably substandard, and that's why you say what you're saying. Because the reality of it is, is that if we sat here and really talked about it, like I said before, I'll call out 8412s all day. I will call them out because I believe that there's some great ones, but I believe there's a lot of bad ones that don't conduct proper training. But the thing about Facebook groups, like the one that we're, that, that, that there is, is that if you look at a group like that, and I know I spoke to the person who created the group. And and when I spoke to him, he was like, listen, man, I wanted a place for people to come and vent. Great. I agree. But the problem is, is that no one's trying to help the recruiter that's on the street. Instead, you're saying things like, now, nah, fuck it. Only write two. Now, nah, fuck it. Don't try. Now, nah, fuck it. Don't win. Bro, if everybody had a winning attitude in an office, Mickrick wouldn't be failing right now. And and like the biggest thing is like I, here's his thing, and this is my opinion, and I want you, which I want to know what you think about it, right? So somebody made a comment, multiple multiple people made a, made a comment, and they said, if you're not on recruiting duty right now, then shut the fuck up, you can't speak. So here's my thing. I'm not huge into sports. I'm, are you like do you watch NFL or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, so. In the NFL, on news media stations, they have people who are sports broadcasters that no longer play the game. If they no longer play the game, how come they're allowed to speak about the game being played? Because they kept themselves really relevant. Because they 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 kept themselves relevant. They 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 were successful while they were playing. But because they have these new things, they should not be able to talk about them? Like, no, motherfucker. Like, listen, I guarantee you, I wish that I could go back to the streets right now because I know for a fact that with my positive mental attitude, with my sales skills, that I would destroy it. I know for a fact that I would. But Mm -hmm. I'm never going to sit here and say that I understand what you guys are going through because I don't. I can't physically understand what Emrose is doing. And I know this because one one of my very good friends is a Mass R8412 who works at the national level, and he straight out told me, like, bro, there's stations that are losing 40 to 50 kids because of M-Roads. This is something that I've never seen in the Marine Corps, and he's been in the Marine Corps for god near almost 20 years. So I mm-hmm. understand, but I'm not living it, which I, un- which I get, which is why I have people like you on the show who are living it to talk about it. Right, but when someone when someone like yourself is on the duty, writing fours, writing threes, making it happen, and then you 
tell me, oh, no, I would like to see the guy writing for it. Bitch, he's right here. Hey, how are you? He's right here. And what is he saying is doing it? His positive mental attitude, his fucking work ethic. Right. Um, I got, and I know I'm not, because, again, they haven't crossed yet. But here, here's how I looked at it. And you need, this is, I have two really big pieces of advice for new recruiters. I still consider myself yeah. new. I didn't hit my year, I didn't hit my year mark yet. Um, but the one is empty your bucket every month. I know you're going to hear a lot of veteran guys say, oh, no, fuck that. Always save a couple. No, nah. empty your bucket every month. One, you're going to generate a lot of momentum. Two, it's going to force you to be uncomfortable to where now you have to sell. You want to learn how to sell to people and not talk to people who are already interested in the Marines. My motherfucker. And that, and that is a genuine art because you look at your competition, which rolls into my next piece, yep. is your competition attracts people in marketing that are already interested. Not many people out there, not many competitions, army, trade schools, other military groups, colleges, whatever, sale, particularly mm-hmm. have the ability to tell people and talk people into doing something they never would imagine doing. They usually attract yeah. people. They're like, all right, click this button if you're already interested, and it, it generates yeah, a exactly. recruiter, and they start talking, and it's just simple. Bro, when you take when you I, sit down in the office and you learn, we'll get there. When you sit down in the office, you sit there and you bring a kid in who you sell to their mom who was actually wants their kid, and this kid goes, Listen, there's no way in hell and join the Marines. And three hours, four hours of selling later, they're signing paperwork and going up three days later. That is such a really good feeling. You're like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that and bro, then later that kid texts you and it's like, You changed my life, man. Bro, and that's what it's about, bro. That's literally what the fuck it is about. And that's the shit that pisses me the fuck off, bro. Hashtag not my son. But that's the reality of it. Like, bro, when, when, when that's what it is that aggravates the hell out of me. Because what you're saying right there, before I, before I went on recruiting duty, all I ever heard was, oh, my bucket, my bucket, my bucket. I had all these senior recruiters talking about a bucket. And then I got on recruiting duty. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck that is because I empty that shit every month. But like you said, if I sit here and I hold on to things, and I get it. Is there an art to it? Is there people that do it? Yeah, go right ahead. But the amount of time that you got to follow up with kids, then you're only going to throw two. And then when that kid pops on deck, and then when that kid this, this, and this, all the things you didn't think about, now that bucket isn't even worth anything because you don't know what can happen to that kid. Then it's like you said, if I keep my bucket full, well, then I'm not going to have to prospect because I'm good. And then all of a sudden, when I'm not good, then I'm beat. So the reality of it is, is like, are you good at being a salesman? Are you good at recruiting duty? Are you good at MC3? Or do you think you're just good at MC3 and really you're trash? And then if you are, and then if you are a leader of Marines and your mentality is, I'm only going to work so much. I'm only going to give so much. This is why you have RSs across the fucking Marine Corps failing because there's so many individuals that don't want to work as a team. But if team was a thing and people wanted to win, then they would win. But the problem is, is there's a lot of people that don't want to win and they're okay with it. They're okay with not making mission, bro. Like, I don't know about you, but like, I remember being a recruiter. I remember being, well, you're a recruiter right now, but like, I remember Mm -hmm. being a recruiter and I remember being afraid to miss because it was I don't care that it's my boss's mission I don't care that it's his mission letter I care because I'm a marine and I'm not supposed to fail it is not supposed to be okay that I fail it's just not something we've ever been okay with but now all of a sudden 
we begin to say things like, oh, hey, man, like, I heard I heard someone say it today. Oh, hey, Gunny, it's FMIM. Bitch, I don't give a fuck that it's FMIM. Because when FMIM is done, you're going to say, oh, oh, it's J-Jazz. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. Just work. Just put in the positive mental attitude. And I'm not telling you to not care about yourself. I'm not telling you that. I'm not saying don't go to the gym. I'm not saying don't eat right. I'm not saying don't, you know, don't be with your family. I'm not saying any of those things. But if you're at work, be at work, be present. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I was never that guy because my wife will literally tell you, bro, there was a lot of times that I was at work and I wasn't working. But guess what? I had a 2.0 or higher and I was still fucking off. So what, so while I get off my soapbox, but I can just keep going. What, what is it? What is it? I like what you said though, about the family and about being able to turn a kid and be able to turn a family. Cause that's what shows that you care is when you can take a woman or a, a mother who said, hell no. And now her son's in boot camp. they're graduating and they're saying, Hey, thank you. And now they're bringing you referrals and the whole community knows who you are because of what you've done in that kid's life. So uh, another big piece of advice to answer that I already know um, is when I first got out here, I didn't look for the easy kills. I didn't go talk to JRTC kids and be like, hey, send me your fucking whatever your dumbest kid that just wants to join the military. Whatever the case is, I look for business owners. I look for their kids. I look for like people like that because whenever I started getting kids and I have them, so like certain businesses um, around town and I live in a rural area. I had 22 high schools coming out as a brand recruiter with a gapped wow. area that had that hasn't had a successful recruiter in three years. So it was just like in everyone, it was really army and national guard saturated. So I like already doing the competition and I was a PCS recruiter. So I was like, fuck it. So I started creating my own support groups and it's something they don't teach. I don't think they teach at BRC is going to these businesses and enlisting and having these good impacts on their kids' life. Those businesses started recruiting for me. Just be like, hey, mm. he put my son in the Marine Corps. He got him a job he said he would do, et cetera, et cetera, whatever the case is. And they started recruiting for me. Like in areas like word of mouth, like, hey, his good people will will do half your selling for you. Yeah. You know, and then all That's you got to do is just focus I, on yeah. the selling. Like it'll get their butts in the seat in your office. Now you just got to sell and not screw up. So. Yeah. So one of the things I want to ask you about, because I don't know how it is where you're at, but like one of the things I had somebody ask me today um, was I got a call from my buddy. So funny story, like mm-hmm. a year ago, I got off recruiting duty and I checked into a reserve unit and I, I and I met the, the day that I checked in, this dude was checking out and um, he was like, Hey, Stassar, I heard you just came off recruiting duty. He's like, I'm about to go on recruiting duty. I'm, I'm going to go EAD like you. And he was like, what's your advice? And I was like, I was like, well, listen, man, I'm not going to be the dude that I hate. I'm not going to tell you don't do it. I'm not going to tell you it's going to suck. I'm not going to tell you any of that. All I'm going to tell you is that to me, long hours, it's going to be what you make it. And as long as you grind and you work hard, you're going to be, it'll happen. You'll be successful. Dude hasn't even gone to BRC yet. Is already working eight to 10 o'clock at night. Like he straight out, he called me on Saturday. He was like, bro, I don't, how did you do this? I started talking to him, mentoring, guiding him, counseling him, and just talking to him about it. And then today he called me this morning and he was like, hey, staff sergeant. Well, he's a staff sergeant, but he was like, hey, brother, I got a question for you. I was like, what's up? He was like, what do you do when when you call somebody and they said, no, I'm not interested. I was like, I do my job. Like, 
bro, that's the thing. You're not doing your job until they say no. Like, bro, that's what you need to be looking for because your skills aren't going to get sharpened. You're not going to be better if everyone's saying yes. And then you're not going to have good quality. You have to be able, it's like you said, taking that mom and flipping them. You have to be able to take someone from a no to a hell yes. Mm-hmm. And 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 as, this is what I was telling him. And I don't know what your thoughts are, like with you being on the streets right now. But what I was telling him is like, bro, I loved ACing for the longest time. But when I started getting really good at TCing, I loved it even more. Because it, it because TCing is a very, very particular art. Because you can't see the person. So you're just going off of voice. You're just going off of what they said, their reaction time to what you're saying. So it's very particular and you have to be able to listen very clearly as to what they're saying. You gotta build rapport, you gotta be able to match a mirror. You gotta do all those skills while on the phone. So what is what is your thoughts on that? Like, how do you make the TC work currently? So that's a good point. So I was actually kind of the same way. A lot of people, there's different kind of recruiters. A lot of people come out here and they're very comfortable TCs and they're very uncomfortable ACs. I was the other way around. ACs not been butter for like six months or more. Heck, even up until recently. Um, but I looked at TC, I still look at TC as I relate almost everything back to the infantry because that's where I'm from. And mm. I looked back as like when you're AC and you have everything, right? You have all the body language you can see. You have all the tools you need. Like you have every, you know, if they're going to pack out just about just a few questions. You're like, all right, that's pretty much a pack, whatever the case is. But, and it's hard for them to say no, but TC is like, it's a threaded needle. And on top of that, like you're doing TCs, you're almost putting your rifle back together blindfolded because you lose your senses. You don't get to see their body languages. You don't get to see how they react. They lean and lean back. You don't get to see when they start getting anxious and tapping their feet. You start noticing how quick they respond, and two, this is a psychological thing. But if you smile, I don't know why, but it's a real thing. If you smile and like you like kind of like laugh on the phone, they will for some reason do it too. It's it's just it's weird, but it's a proven psychological thing. So that's a good advice there. Um, what got me to doing that is um, learning how to sell with on the TC without being a salesman. Because think about it, everybody since I'm 17, 18 years old has been getting. Hey, come do this. Hey, you want to do this? Hey, uh-huh. you know what I mean? You got you got to come at it from a point to where, and it takes time. I think my biggest thing to really get it is if you can get them and stay on the phone with them for two minutes or three minutes. After that, yeah. you know you're gonna pack them out. Like oh, getting yeah. past that barrier, getting past that barrier. Yeah. If you can get past the first 30, 60 seconds without yeah. them hanging up on you, well, and you that's, know now when and that's I'm sorry, and and, and like, um. And uh, yeah, sell what you love. I was just about to get into that, just different words. Um, but so like you get in there and kind of like build the poor. And here's the thing. To answer your question, there is a way to handle this interest that a master and actually taught me. He's actually the, the um, uh, ARI here and he taught me this. And uh, he was like, because like at first, you know, BRC is like, oh, well, oh, you're not interested? Well, what do you mean you're not interested? Well, when you do that, sure. you're if you've ever been on the receiving end of that which even i was because i do remember when i was a kid or not a kid but a senior it puts you in a defensive standpoint automatically yeah, like 100 yep. so instead instead of well what do you mean or well why not go okay well what are you interested in man and then they're oh. going to automatically start telling you they're going to start telling oh. you what they want and you're going to start hanging them with that they're going to give you a lot of rope yep. necessarily to tie them up with and then they're like oh yep. well i want to do because a lot of people aren't interested because simple fact of influencers Military has changed a lot from when their parents might have been in or whatever the case is. 
or they just don't know and all they see is what they know in the movies which we all know is a lie anyways yeah so like when they're like oh well actually because we go because for one kids especially 17 18 year olds even their parents most of them has never sat down and been like well what are you interested son they don't do that so yep. when you do that for the first time they're like yep you can see yep. it they're like they're like yeah actually i want to i want to build cars and i want to get paid doing it i was just yep. like oh fucking that's easy i can enable that all yep. day yeah so, and then and just the, really being patient no and but, that's the thing bro it's like the thing too is like with what you're saying and that's one of the things i was talking him. you're saying hey like get him on the hook for two or three minutes right one of the things that i told my boy was i was like bro like when you i was like how many times have you been on the phone with someone for 15 20 minutes he's like all the time i was like bro at that 20 minute mark 15 minute mark i'll mm. literally stop and just be like hey bro if you're not interested why are you still on the phone with me why are we still having this conversation because i was like mm. a lot of times you find that you have these pointless conversations that don't result in the pack they don't result in an appointment and they just go on and the dude hangs up we've all been there so I was like, if I get to like the 15 minute point and I haven't done this yet, I'm just going to interrupt myself. And then I'm going to be like, hey, man, or and that person might be like, one, oh, well, I just wanted to be polite. Or two, they'd be like, nah, you're right. I am interested. Now, boom. And then the other thing, too, is that when you're making the phone call, like you said, it's very important to ask those questions. Hey, what are you interested? Hey, what are you looking into? Hey, what in, what how, what do you know about the Marine Corps? get them to understand that same thing with if you're talking to a parent or an influencer hey ma'am what does your son like hey what would you like to see your son do what are your plans for your son's future bro any mom wants to talk to you but the question is that the problem that we have is that when recruiter like because if you talk to anybody almost everyone's like oh the art of tc's is dead no the art of tc's is not dead it's just that you just don't know how to think outside the box and you don't know how to ask right questions and you don't know how to follow up and you don't know how to build upon the questions you've already asked. So when you ask these questions, you ask, when you ask these questions, you have to be able to build off of them. And then you have to be able to repeat things back. So like a lot of people think that like, oh, I repeat things because I, I forgot them. No, I repeat stuff so that Charles knows that I know he said it. So you say, hey, man, I'm interested in this, this, and the third because of this. Oh, hey, man, tomorrow you're coming into my office because me and you, you spoke to me and you said that this and this, this is what you're interested in, but you don't really know how you're going to get there. You also said da 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 You also said da 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 Because the problem is, is that if we don't give somebody a, a solid reason to come in the office, we're going to have a high no-show rate. That's why if you look at your numbers, You'll notice that a lot of people can set appointments, but they don't have interviews or even have appointments. So if you're having a, and that was one of the questions my boy asked me this morning, he was like, well, what do you do if you have a high no-show rate? I was like, well, that just means there's one problem. He's like, what? It's you. You're the only problem. What, what are you doing? And especially because he said, oh, well, I, I set appointments two, three days out. Bro, listen. I don't care who needs to hear this. I don't care if you're 84, 12. I don't care if you're 84, 13. Bro, stop setting appointments. Three to, bro, when you have people on Saturday setting appointments for Tuesday, you're just wasting their whole day. You, If you are working on a Saturday, you need to set same-day appointments. 
Because if you're sitting, even if you're sitting a Saturday for a Monday, bro, that get that you better lock that shit tight, because that dude has an entire day and a half to think about why he's not coming in the office, and That's then think about, and then and then think about like, here's a question for you: How many people do you talk to on a normal day, not like Marine Corps recruiting duty, like your mom, your your sister, your wife, your cousin? Like how many how many people friend wise or family wise do you talk to on any given day? Yeah, they yeah. Right? So so if we sit here and we're working TC and we're making TCs and we're talking to kids and setting appointments or ACing, we have to think about the fact that they're going in between the time we set the appointment and Monday, they're going to be attacked and bombarded by influencers. And how did we prepare them for that person? And then you get mad and you say things like, oh, fuck that kid. No, fuck you. Like you, you sailed, you failed to get the kid in the office. Nobody else. You, uh, you have to do things. And this is like another new thing that, or not a new thing. This is something I'm going to be saying a lot of tonight, as long as a lot of is. Things I wish I knew as a brand new recruiter, of course, veteran recruiters yeah. say it too. Because sometimes you get so yes. much in the art, you forget about it. But as a brand yeah. recruiter, do the things that make you really uncomfortable that you're scared to do. Because one, as Marines, generally when we do something we are not good at, you do it enough and become really good at it. Turn your weakness and the strengths. Secondly, um, do the things your competitors aren't doing. Like my competitors have a big saturated Army National Guard area, but they're notorious for not giving a flying fuck about their kids. Mm-hmm. And even my competitions, the unions, the colleges, stuff like that. So product knowledge is huge, especially on the competitive analysis side. So start doing things, whatever they, your AO is, start doing the things that other, that people in your competition, your market isn't doing and go with that extra mile. And it's, it's going to like, it's going to multiply your efforts. So here's a question for you because you just brought it up. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know somebody, and I've had this told to me numerous times. People like to say that the Marine Corps is not, we are, how do I say this? I, I forget exactly what was said, but that we aren't as competitive as our competition. That the Marine Corps is no longer better than our competition. So the people outside in our AO, union, colleges, all those fancy things. That the Marine Corps is not as competitive. What are your thoughts on that? Because personally, in my mind, if you believe that, you need to get out of the Marine Corps. Because what do you think? I so I play dirty man. Now I don't lie or any of that bullshit, but I play fucking dirty man. Competitive analysis, I'm from the infantry, I'll say it a million times, but uh, we're taught to find exploit holes in other people's armor or chinks or whatever the case is. Here's the thing. Like I find out that a union last month didn't pay their employees because they ran out of money by the state. I'm fucking bringing that shit to light. I find out that the army national guard, for instance, in our state, um, stopped paying their workers. And during the last snowstorm, they didn't pay them because the state ran out of money. I exploit that shit. Like I, I do everything. I will pull up I pulled up screenshots. One, I screen. I talked to. I do this. I talked to people from other branches that were on the list. I'm like, hey, how you like an army? And they'll be like, dude, I fucking hate it. I promise you, I screenshot that and I fucking send it to as many people as I want to. I do that, dude. I don't fucking care. You know what I mean? Like, 
it, no. And here's the thing, as far as competitiveness, I even went as low as low as high, whatever cases. I went because, like, I know everyone's seen the, the political. I can't hear you. He will be right back. Um, but hey, in the comments, what are your thoughts on that conversation? I had someone say, a gunnery sergeant of Marines, say that the Marine Corps is not. Um, I want to find what he said. All right, welcome back. All right. Yeah, so I don't know what the last thing you heard was, but uh, kind of the last thing I heard was just talking about the chink in the armor and that you exploit and that you had seen that you had reached out to soldiers that have said that it was the worst decision they ever made type thing. So I get I had a lot of oh Marines are dumb and all this shit. Well, like oh whatever the case of crown eaters and the fact is so if you guys don't know the Marine Corps is gravitating more towards. Like, even though, yeah, we'll still take Bravos, but in a 10-year plan, the Marine Corps is trying to get to where 50 or higher on the ASVAB. Fun fact about the Air Force, the Air Force electronic maintenance electrical score is only a 110. The Marine Corps is a 115. We have the we have the highest standards for electrical um, scores in order to get aviation fields, even higher than the Air Force, whose sole purpose is aviation. Little things mm. like that, that explain to these yeah. kids, and even to their mom, really to their moms. If you can sell the parents, you can sell the kid with these. Mm-hmm. Well, another thing too, based on off the aviation thing you just said, a buddy of mine in the comments of that section that we were talking about, he reached out to me and he was like, "Bro, have you seen what the Marine Corps aviation looks like compared to the Air Force aviation? Have you seen how long our schooling is compared to their schooling? Have you seen the certificates that we get and they don't get? Yeah, it's disgusting." And then, like my buddy Anthony said, the leadership at the leadership on NCO has is the director level in the civilian world. Bro, he's not wrong. Oh, Anthony and Bobby. that's what people don't. And that's that. That's the thing about it, man. That people don't understand, bro, is that I'm not discrediting other branches. I'm not saying that. But when a Marine says to me that the Marine Corps is not more competitive, I'm like, bro, what? What are you? What Marine Corps are you in, bro? He's because soul, man. and like... then, and then the thing is, is that like, what don't you know? Because like you're saying. Bro, like I have, I have friends of mine who are in the army, like you just said, and I have friends of mine who, like, I have cops, friends of mine that are cops in New Jersey and all this stuff, and they straight out are like, bro, when we go to every single academy, the first thing they do, like, I know the guy who's in charge of Monmouth County's academy in New Jersey, the police academy for like all these different counties, right? The first thing he asks when they start the class is who here is prior service. Then they say, who here is a Marine? Then they appoint that Marine squad leader over everybody in the whole entire place or platoon sergeant. They do it every single time. And it's like, bro, if that right there doesn't say something, and then someone was like, oh, the army's giving away $50,000. Bro, let me ask you a very simple question. What kind of car do you drive? For me? Yeah, I drive a I drive a 2017 Dodge Ram. Okay. Have you ever the Dodge Ram is actually a pretty good car, right, or a truck? But like, if we talk about Benz, Maserati, Lamborghini, or any of those cars, right, high end model cars, mm-hmm. 
have you ever seen a Lamborghini thon? Come on by Monday morning and let's give away a Lamborghini or 50 grand off a Lamborghini. No, motherfucker, because they know their worth. The Marine Corps is not going to go around giving away 50K. Well, because one, we don't have that budget, but the Marine Corps is not giving away money. Like we're not giving away 50 grand because what does it say about my product? If I have to tell you to buy my product for 50 grand, if I have to tell you, hey, join the army for 50 grand, what does that say about my product? He's getting called. You're getting called by like everybody right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually am. I just like tell everybody. Uh, actually, so uh, I'll tell you, we'll talk about it more, but go ahead, Ram. But no, and that's the thing, man, is that like, like, they, like we're sitting here talking about it. And I said this to somebody the other day, but it's like, bro, the army, again, I've met great soldiers. I'm not going to sit here and discredit anybody's service. I'm not. But we all know there's a very distinct difference between the Marine Corps and the product the Marine Corps gives off than there is in other places. And that's the thing. And like you have already stated, you have to know your product and know your product knowledge. You know, hold on. What did Gunny Ram say? Genuinely caring for everyone you are helping has a huge impact on them. Their families and friends. You can't treat them like numbers. As soon as they become Marines, they are family. Bro, I have that's- Gunny Ram. Gunny Rams, thank you so much because that is a huge part of what's lost and transition. Recruiters, and I'm saying this as a, I was one of them, and I'll, I'll be honest, I'll tell this, I'll, I'll tell the story because this is the truth of the matter. I want to be transparent, right? So, downstairs in my house, um, I have a um, one of those mass cards um, for a pulley of mine. Um. She passed away, and I got the phone call at 3 a.m. in the morning from her recruiter. Her recruiter called me. Uh, her name her name was Emma. And um, her recruiter called me, and her recruiter was like, hey, staff sergeant. Her recruiter was dying, crying, dying, bawling her eyes out. And her recruiter was like, hey, staff sergeant, Emma passed away. She died in a car crash. She died on collision. And um, her sister's being rushed to the hospital. And I'm going to be completely honest. And it still bothers the hell out of me every time I tell the story. But I'll, I'll tell the story because it's reality. I was so deep into recruiting duty and so deep into being successful and so deep into being a staff NCOIC that while I was asking the recruiter, hey, how are you? Hey, talk to me. In my head, my first thought was, who am I going to get to ship for? My first thought, one of my first thoughts. And then as I, I hung up the phone and I started to think about it, I was disgusted with myself. And I was like, I was like, Doug, what the fuck is wrong? I remember laying in my bed, my wife was sleeping and my wife woke up and she was like, what happened? And I told her what happened. And then I told my wife, I said, bro, I feel so disgusted with myself because I sat here after hearing somebody passed away. And the first thought I had in my head was, who am I going to get the ship for? Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing about it. And that's the stuff that we don't talk about. That's the stuff that recruiters don't talk about. That's the stuff that 12s don't talk about. And that's when we have to take a step back in life and realize, like, bro, it's not numbers. We're dealing with livelihoods. We're dealing with families. We're dealing with people's children. And 
And when you start treating people like family, and because everyone wants to talk about, oh, I don't get quality of life. Bro, how many times have you put a kid in the Marine Corps that should have never been in the Marine Corps so you could get quality of life? How many times have you put a kid in the reserve program, told them how great it was going to be because you needed quality of life? I, Let's be so real with, here. So with me, I tell, honestly, and I know we have to do, we got mission, RS says this. My area is very economically challenged. I don't mean economically means everyone wants to join the military because it's poor. It's still hard to do that just because my area is really dumb and really fat usually. But most people, I'm not, I don't tell, I don't tell everybody we're off the gate because the CEO still has a mission. You got all this stuff you got to meet. But we're off the bat, kids go, a lot of kids will look at me playing and they'll be like, hey, maybe I can just kind of like halfway put my foot. They'll be like, hey, I want to do the reserves. I'm like, why? It's like, well, so I can kind of be both civilian and military. It's like, if that's your reason, man, then the Marine Corps is not for you. The Marine Corps is a full, yeah. and I'm not afraid. Like I've had, I will, I will interview people and still be like, hey, man, this ain't for you, man. Like I'm going to be real with you. Like yeah. the Marine Corps ain't the place. Because like Bro, when, you, yeah. when you get in that mindset of you are human, re- like you're, you're in a better way, you are responsible for the hiring and the firing for the Department of Defense. Yeah. And whenever you liquefy your brand, you ha- the Marine Corps brand, when you liquefy the Marine Corps brand by putting trash so you can go home to your wife a little bit earlier, now you start now you start taking the Marine Corps from a, hey, I need to work my way up to become a Marine to, hey, you know what? I'm not going to join the Marine because I can get that same fucking trash anywhere else. My motherfucker, say it ain't so. Exactly, bro. Dude, and I can say this because I've fucking I've proved it time and time again. When it can't, especially with me being a reservist, bro, mm-hmm. I would sit in front of my boss who was in eighty four twelve. I would sit in front of my CEO. I would sit in front of the sergeant major, and I would look at a kid and say, "Listen to me. You have no business being in the reserve program. But if you're telling me that you want to be a reservist, then go right ahead. This yes. is on you. You're a grown ass man. But I'm telling you with your plan." It it's not gonna work out, brother. Because here's mm-hmm. the thing: if you're leaving, if you're leaving wherever you're at, and you're joining the Marine Corps Reserves to come back to exactly where you're at, then why are you joining the Marine Corps? Now, right. mind you, if you're someone in the tri-state area and you're trying to become a law enforcement officer, and becoming a Marine is literally that big of a deal that it literally will help you get on NYPD. It will get you on FDNY. Then, of course, let's yeah, go. of course. Because, bro, my whole entire reserve unit that I just joined in Brooklyn, all of them are cops, FDNY, they're NYPD, FDNY, or Union City workers, all of them. And they're all PFCs and Lance Corporals that haven't even deployed, bro. The Marine Corps EGA literally just sets a precedent on that. And, and here's what proof. I... Here's what I tell these kids, create your own, like, love me binder. Like, so I have my macabre, right? Customized. Like, especially yeah. by, I have my love me binder that I always made in the fleet, and I brought that shit. So, like, I told these kids, I've even held other careers outside of the military. I was a firefighter before, and I always bring that to the table. And I mean, listen. So, like, I sit there. Of course, you get the normal TC. It's like, now I'm going to go to college. And I was like, okay, well, why do you want to college? Oh, I want to learn this. Okay, well, why do you want to learn this? Oh, this is why. So I can make good money. Like, all right. So, let's take this. I'm not a Marine right now. I'm looking to hire you. You're one of 20 people in my interview. All 20 of you have the same degree, but I only need three spots. If all 20 have the same degree in my interview, the three spots, what do you think I'm looking for? And they'll answer that question for me. They're like, someone that's reliable, someone that's, you know, older, more experienced. I was like, yeah, you're at 19 years old. Like, what do you got that's different from the other 19 people? And they'll be like, well, I don't know. And then I'll show them my example. I was like, listen, 
the EGA is like you don't really yeah yeah you got to sell these kids but at the same time that brand like if you if you live up to the brand the brand will save it will sell itself yeah um, and that's the thing about it it's it, and that's why like I hate saying the word sell because the thing is you're not selling it because the proof is already there you look at Fortune 500 companies you look at entrepreneurship you look at what Marines are doing out in the community you don't have to worry about selling it you're just talking about it, and the reality of it is the Marine Corps sells itself if you truly believe in the Marine Corps. If you truly believe in the product, you don't have to lie to these kids. And the mm-hmm. thing is, is, like you just said, like one of the things that I did is that when people would tell me that same thing, like, hey, listen, man, you know I'm not, I'm not really about it or I'm not interested, I'd be like, okay, listen, man, you know, I get that you're not interested, but let me just ask you something. Would you say you're a smart person or a stupid person? No one's ever going to be like, oh, I'm dumb. They're going to say, oh, I'm, I'm a smart dude. I'm like, okay. So let me ask you this question, man. Have you ever made a decision based off of 5% of the information? No. You would never do that. That'd be dumb, right? Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Hey, man, how much do you know about the Marine Corps? Oh, like 5%. Hmm. So why are you telling me right now that you won't come and sit down with me and learn more about the Marine Corps if you just said someone doing that's dumb? I've never heard of that. I've never used that's actually good. I'll try that. I created that one. But literally, I'm like, bro, for real. You're telling me that you find yourself to be the smart person, which I, I'm down, bro. I, I get it. But you're telling me that you make decisions based off of facts. Okay, well, then what factual things do you know about the Marine Corps? Mm-hmm. None. Okay, exactly. So how about I get you in the office? We talk about some facts about the Marine Corps. We find out how we can get you from X to Z to Y to Z to way to way. How mm. do we do this? And let's make it happen. I, I trust my sales enough to talk people into not. So here's my thing. My, I will always say this. My struggle is probably prospecting. I love selling. I hate prospecting. But in order for me to do, in order for me to do what I love, I got to do the thing I don't like. I love the honesty, so, bro. I love the honesty. Um, like, I'd be honest. But in my opinion, I think it's better than winning. Some people love prospecting, and then they're like, but I hate selling. Yeah, but I, see, I here's the group. thing, though. Like, but if you don't if you don't learn how to sell, you're always going to be prospecting. Yeah, but here's my thing, though. Like, I would think I would think opposite of you because if you're infantry and you're talking about – like, I would think that you would, you would enjoy the thrill of the hunt, which mm-hmm. would be prospecting. I would, mm-hmm. I, 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 I would think that you would enjoy getting to the hunt and then hunting – and then reaping what you've sown and, and bringing that hunt home to your family. It's a perspective thing. So I'm here for the big ones, right? Like, you know, um, like I don't want to be, I don't, I won't just call. So here's the thing. I don't usually like I hit my TC list like I'm supposed to, but I also in the night doing ASVAB list, no matter what, always my last TC block of the night's always going to be ASVAB list. And I'm looking for a green, not yellow, not pink. For those of you that are crews, you know what that means. Yellows, Bravos, Pinks, people that are not even qualified to join the military. Why would you even try? I'm looking for the guys that do 70s, 80s, 90s on the ASVABs. Because here's the thing. On those ASVAB lists, it gives you three things, four things. Undecided, military, two-year, four-year. All of those is things you can fucking enable and hang them by. Four-year, like, if I can talk an intelligent person who knows I got all these options going on into my office, and if I can sell them, then that's how I know. One, it makes me feel good about myself. And two, that's how I know him to do my job. I don't want the guy that has no options in life to join the military. I want the guy that has 100 options to join the Marine Corps. Agreed. And still joins the Marine Corps because here's the thing. He's going to make a huge impact, and he's going to leave an impact on the Marine Corps and in his mm-hmm. communities. Maybe he comes a recruiter. Maybe he does foreign it out. Maybe he becomes the next fucking sergeant major of the Marine Corps. Whatever the case is, 
he's still he you know what I mean like would you rather would you rather fucking be with that person in a relationship that are there because they need you or would you rather them because they want you you know what I mean yeah so and that's the thing too is that you you create uh you you become picky and you're and, and now mind you I'm not saying that everybody doesn't the there does everyone deserve to be in the ring court? No. And but in my mind, I'm not the person to be. I am, and I'm not, because the thing is, is that there's sometimes we think that we're the person that's, that that should determine that, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's some people that you put in the Marine Corps, and you're like, you know what? I really didn't think you were going to be that awesome, and now you're a stellar Marine. You're out killing it. So like you can always you can always be or you think you're gonna put the stud in the Marine Corps and all of a sudden three years later he's NJP'd and you're like bro, yeah, so that's no. why at the end of the day like we are the gatekeepers but we gotta remember that what we're putting in the Marine Corps is going to be there for the, and that's the thing yeah, we have process. to have the and we have to believe in longevity and the Marine Corps can change you for the better no hundred percent and one of the other things too is yes right someone said right can't have that snap judgment 100 percent. one of the other things too though and we we're talking about like the differences between our competition is bro other branches have allowed what is it a cat four is that what it's called like yeah other like branches GED, have allowed yeah like yeah you're allowing people to be, the ring we had you know was doing geds but like what I'm saying is that you're allowing people to join the Marine Corps that are failing the as or joining the army or other branches that are failing the ASVAB. Other branches of military have jobs called laundry specialist, and you want me to take them seriously. I so I use that as I've used that as rope because like they'll be like, "Oh, Marines are stupid." I'm like, "Listen, like this is your requirements. Get in, even academically." So the Marine Corps and the Air Force now have the same academic requirements. For the most part, um, granted, I don't know every every RS is probably different. I don't I don't know all that kind of magic. I'm going to be an expert, but and you made me eat my own words because you are right about it. I actually failed the ASVAB first time I took it. I was a fucking turd. Had an attitude problem. Um, I was kind of a, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. But my recruiter took that shot with me, and 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 you know here I am. So you, you're Bro, right. I'll use that example. Yeah. So I'll even pull up in my Chris. I'm like, listen. I took a 27 on the ASVAB. I wasn't even allowed to process the next day. I went home like an idiot. You know what I mean? And I was like, look at me. I have a bachelor's of science now. And I'll even pull that up. And I'm like, boom, here we go. And they're like, you can do this. You just have to learn discipline. Because especially when you pick those tags. And I'll hop on this for a second. My intangibles, I'll put the EGA on the back of all my intangibles. So when they pick those, especially when they pick all three intangibles, like when you're sitting there as a recruiter, good salesman, bad salesman, what you're trying to make fucking paycheck. When they pick all three intangibles, you should start like salivating. You should be like, listen, this kid's fucking signing today. Bro. You know what I mean? And if he picks all Bro. three intangibles and he doesn't sign, that's a you problem. You did something. Yo, a hundred percent. So I take those, I take uh. those and I flip, I flip all three um intangibles and it's EGA, EGA, EGA. And that's a that's a unique feature, not shared one, right? So um they'll look at it and they'll be like, Holy fuck. And they'll be like, Yeah, man, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's What's really doing this? And I'll learn this today, and I'll touch on this as long as you let me. Um, for one, I started yeah. doing this, and I learned recently, and it's, I've tried it three times, and it's worked all three times. I got paperwork all three times that day. And I know I don't have 90 days of data to prove it, just a week. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
before, so we kick it, and I'm like, for one, I'm already know their ads I've called and the height and weight and all that stuff because I have no path. And I go to school or whatever, and I'm like, hey, real quick, take this paper, write down your goals. I want to see it. Just write down your thoughts. I'll play their favorite artist. I'll be like, hey, you pick a genre, I'll pick an artist. Whatever. I'll let them go to my phone on Spotify and pick whatever it is they want. And I have them play it, and I just have them just brainstorm. Lately, kids have been picking hippie sabotage and just writing down like 10 future goals. I'm like, realistic. No, I don't care if it's realistic or not realistic. Things you've always wanted to do before you people started telling you, oh, that's not realistic or that's not obtainable. I want your biggest dreams. Like, don't be scared and write them down. And I like, don't show it to me. Then they'll keep that paper. And I still have it. I actually have it right here because I did it today. So like, boom, right? And I'll be like, all right, so just keep it. I don't want to see it. Don't show me. And now I'll start my sales process. And then whatever the case is, um, I'll do my thing. I'll start my sales. And towards the end of my sales, how I know is, or how I like check for yes is I write on my board. So I bring board or a window in class, whatever the case is, I use dry eraser. Like I'm all over the place in my office when I'm doing sales. And I'll be like, all right, so tell me some of the things we talked about today. And I'll go over every single tag. And that will let me know that I know they comprehended it. Because mm-hmm. listening to it and knowing what you said and comprehending it is two different things. And yeah. I'll be like, oh, well, you talked about how because I own property, right? And they're like, oh, you talked about how you invested in property and stuff like that. And you taught me how to do it. Then I'm like, okay, cool. But they don't. And they and they like draw a blank when I ask them that. I'm like, okay, they didn't really understand it. And because I know they don't understand it, they don't really have a disinterest because they don't even know how to disinterest it. So now I need to like try to pluck that out of them. But doing that over and over again in that sales process they every single time or for all three times anyways i actually covered indirectly all their life goals without knowing that they wrote that down yeah so when they show me they're mm-hmm. like so when i hit them i don't hit them hey i don't soft sell anymore stop doing that shit if you're a new recruiter don't ever do that shit again and secondly um just don't if you're scared it's just like asking a girl are you scared to do fucking ask just fucking ask like hey man you want to be a marine or not like you know yeah. what i mean or but i started going all right what's stopping you and they'll be like well um I thought you guys didn't get paid enough, but so they'd be like, all right, so he put a well-paying job, own my own house and land, be able to retire and uh, have a good support and loving family and work hard at a job. I don't like, don't hate. And he picked technical skills in one of them. So I was like, not knowing he picked that I picked, or he picked technical schools. And I talked to him. I was like, listen, how would you feel? And these are good questions, like a real impact question. How would you feel if you got paid to do something you love doing? And then I enable that and hit that. And then finally, it goes, well, everything that kind of kept me from joining, you kind of covered before we even talked about it. And I was like, all right, so what's what's stopping you? And he's like, honestly, nothing. I was like, you ready to do this? And he's like, yes, sir, let's do it. And a kid that said he only was there to talk to me out of respect. And it was just like, yeah. And then I was like, all right, so here's the thing. We're going to call your dad right now. And we want to talk to him. We want to follow up. We want to fill out his dad's role. And I talked to his dad. And his dad was like, um, honestly, his dad was like, I really wasn't. I didn't expect him to ever choose military because he never really thought that way. But he came at his dad with sort with like surety, like, hey, this is like he became like not just talking to his dad, but almost you could you could feel the excitement and the passion that he was talking to his dad about, which kind of comes to prepping for influencers. And then like his dad's like, all right. And his dad's like, hey, can we meet first day at the school? I was like, yes, sir, we can do that. So. Wow. And that's awesome that you I'm glad that you brought that up. But like putting the kid on the spot, hey, call your parents right now. Because there's too many recruiters that will be like, all right, hey, man, you're going to go home and you're going to do that. And then you're going to talk to your mom and dad like this. And you're going to do this. And then you're going to give them this cool little folder with all this stuff in it. And then you're going to talk to the boom, boom. No, fuck that. Hey, call your mom right now. Hey, call your dad right now. Hey, put me on the phone with him. Hey, Mr. Mr. So-and-so, 
This is Staff Sergeant Bennett with the Marine Corps. They don't even know I'm talking to them. And now I'm already off guard. Hey, how are you, blah, blah, blah. Like, you and, have to attack it head on. And the reason why, and tell me, like, how many times did you deal with this where a kid was like, yo, I know my parents are supportive, and you come talk to the kid, and they're like, fuck no. They never told me they were even talking to you. Like, why are you talking to my kid without me there? Yep. So that's why you always talk to them, because that kid will bro, lie to you, I, and he'll make you bro, look like I shit. Got, yeah, bro, I got to the point. I think it was my gun. I think one of my gunnies told me. But I got to the point where when I set an appointment with a kid at the high school, I was like, hey, call your mom right now. Like, I'm, you're about to get in my, because I, bro, I used to literally meet kids at the school, and I would do, and I, I had a good with the high school, so I would literally, I would have them do, I would do appointments in the faculty office, I would have, do, I would do appointments in the guidance counselor's office, I would do appointments at the lunchroom table, library, whatever, or if I caught you, like, outside of school, I'd be like, hey, man, you need to run home, and I would bring you to your, to your house or whatever, or I'd bring you to the office, but I would say, hey, man, call your mom right now and make sure she's cool with me bringing you to the office. Immediately, any parent that answers the phone is going to, one, tell you how the fuck no, not without me there. Or they're going to be appreciative of the fact that you didn't go around them. Mm -hmm. Immediately, they're mm -hmm. going to, even if they even if they had their guard up, they're going to respect you because you called them and said, hey, listen. You're, even if your kid, even if the kid's eighteen years old, mm -hmm. hey, I didn't want to, I didn't want to bring him to the office without your permission, and I wanted to see what your thoughts were and what your goals were for your son or daughter. I, I was just that about to shit hit that. goes a long way. Slap tags on the parents too. Guys like slap parents on, or slap tags on the parents because here's the thing: one, you'll get to know that kid's upbringing mm. because parents. I've only I think I've had it happen once, and I almost always slap tags on the parents. At least in the parents always picture always. And they'll always say, on the on the they'll always and pick the different tags. They'll always pick different tags than the kid. And when they do, for one, that just gives you more, more, more ammo. Yeah. Two. Yep. Now you're selling a parent. You can sell the parent. Yeah. You can sell the kid every single time. Bro, and the funny thing was is that I remember one time I I always slap tags with the parents while the kids on the test. But the funny thing is is that I I slapped tags on the parents. Right, it was a mom and dad, and, the, and they were both. And then the, the kid's little brother was sitting there. And I slapped, and the kid, the, the little brother was playing on his like DS or his whatever, his Nintendo Switch. And um, I slapped tags on the parents. He's playing, and he looks up and he looks down at the table and he goes, "He's not picking those three. And he he pushes them over and he pulls out three other ones. He goes, "Like he's picking these." And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, mm. So I took a picture of both. And then when the kid comes in, I'm like, hey, man, all right, I do the benefit type presentation, da, da, da. I was like, hey, man, so which three are you going to pick? He picks what the brother said. And both mom and dad were like, get the fuck out of here. And I was like, but mom and dad, let's be real here. Who has deeper, impactful conversations, brother mm -hmm. to brother or parent to, pa or parent to son? And I do that. These two brothers. That. Yeah, and then they're like, and it's crazy when you see that, you know, when you see a mom, you know, her and the kid drops self times three, and the mom's like, wait a minute, you want to be more self reliant, and the dad's like, wait a minute, you want to be a leader, and then it's like, whoa, and now all this shit starts coming out, and the parents like, wow, I that's I never, I didn't think that, or I didn't think that mattered to you. And then, or when you have a parent who's like, oh, yeah, college, 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 
And then the kid drops the tags and educational opportunities, the last one. And then you're like, wait a minute, bro. You you were telling me you were all about going to college. Yeah, bro, that's not me. That's my mom's, bro. I'm not about that shit. I don't want it. <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, ma'am. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to promise you your son goes to college because that's what you want him to do. But he's going to still join the Marine Corps, but go to college for free. And then you get the mom and be like, okay. Honestly, most of my experience and I'm not saying it happens every time because nothing's ever, ever a time. But yeah, most most parents pick intangibles, even when their kid doesn't. It's it's weird. It's wild as, it's wild as fuck. But they'll be like, because you're not stupid. They know that all the branches can give you financial security. They can give you, you know, fucking whatever the case is. But they'll be like, listen, I want my son to learn, dis- learn discipline because whatever X, Y, Z. I want my son to be challenged because he grew up in a small town. Now I'm really challenged. I don't want him getting lazy or whatever the case is. And it's cool because you get to see, and I did this with one, and um, I think I really earned her respect because I was like, hey, because she was like, I know my son. I know my son. He's going to do this. And I was like, I bet he's going to choose um, none of these that you picked. And he's like, what? I was like, just just watch. I was like, I was like, don't really get into it yet. He's like, just watch and just kind of like be in space because he's trying to make him comfortable. So I had her, because I have a wall, that little stupid wall or whatever. And then I moved the chair around. I was like, just sit there and just, just listen. And then she's like, she she was over there. She, I guess she's taking mental notes of whatever the case is. And I brought her into it. And she actually learned a lot about her son like that mm-hmm. day. And she's like, she's like, I never knew, you know what I mean? And her and her son are having this like crazy mom-son thing like right in front of me. I'm like, is this bro. really happening like right here in front of me? Like, you know bro, what I mean? Bro, and that's like, the thing. And that's the thing that I love that you're sharing that, man. Because when people tell me they can't stand recruiting duty, I, in my head, I'm just like, because you're not fucking good, bro, and you don't care. Because those moments that you're talking about, bro, I don't know how many times I don't know how many times I've had a kid. Like I have a kid, one of my very first people that I ever put in the Marine Corps. He's now he's at OCS right now. That's he wild. when he was a pulley, um, I'm sorry, when he was an applicant, he sat across my desk and he bawled his eyes out, cried broke down in fucking tears 17 year old kid broke down in tears talking about how his father left him as a kid as a as a young boy in peru talked about how he was beaten by his family in peru talked about all this shit that happened to him before he before he came here and and um talked about his mother talked about all the shit she's been through his brother his sister all this stuff and just fucking balled out like and the thing was is that we were just talking through the interview and then all of a sudden he just stopped speaking and he just started crying and just crying and I just let him cry. I just sat there for a minute and I just let him cry. I didn't say I didn't say anything. I was just like the and and then he just looked at me and he was like, I'm sorry. And I was like, I was like, bro, you ain't gotta be sorry, man. I was like, but I can't help you if I don't know what's going on. So what's going on? Long story short. He ended up going home. I had my buddy Arana. Um, his mother only spoke Spanish, so my buddy Arana spoke Spanish and interpreted everything. Got got the PC signed, got everything signed for the kid, and um, joined the Marine Corps. I got all the way up to corporal, and then decided to go PLC. And now he's at OCS right now, and he killed the first part of it. And you know, and that's the thing about it, man, was that like watching that happen and watching him grow. And having Marines, like right now, I have like a whole bunch of sergeants that I put in the Marine Corps. And it's crazy to think that. Like, one of my Marines, who was a fat piece of shit, is now on his way to eat, go become EOD. 
And it's mm-hmm. like, I would have never fucking thought that. And mm-hmm. and it's all because I made that phone call. It's all because I went and talked to that kid. I made that impression. And that's the thing that we're talking about. Like, bro, if, if, if you come back to the whole where we started with the positive mentality, bro, if you come into work every day and you feel negative towards everything you do, no one's going to want to talk to you. No one's going to want to be approached by you. No one's going to want to listen to anything you have to say. Your sales skills are going to reflect. Your phone calls are going to reflect. Your body movement's going to reflect. Everything you say is going to reflect. And no wonder why your APR is, is garbage. Start the day and end the day with a with something positive. Braver, whatever it is that is your thing that you like doing. Like for me, like everything I do. So families is huge for me. Like my wife and mm-hmm. kids, they're, they're they're really huge for me. So like no matter yeah. what. Um, I start the day with something involving that, even though it's not during working hours or whatever the case is, like do something, even if it's something small, start the day and end the day. Because how many of you guys, I mean, new recruiters, veteran recruiters, some are about to experience it where it's just like, you you roll, like you set two confirmed appointments for Monday on Saturday or Sunday, whatever the case is, like, you know, going into it, they're going to show and you're like, and it just next thing you know, like whenever it comes to your prospecting activities, you set like three more days. You're in a fucking good mood. But whenever yeah. you get there, and here's the thing: why, why you don't do fake appointments other than it fucks up your fucking stats? But because you know going into Monday that that's not even a real appointment, so technically that's zero. And now you're like, fuck. Dude. Now you're now you're like, fuck, dude. Like you're starting to play yourself. Like you're really only lying to yourself, bro. And now you go, now you're like, fuck, man. I gotta find three tomorrow because. Boss is going to realize that this is my third no show in fucking two days or a day or whatever the case is. And now I got to so. three tomorrow. And then you're like, fuck, man. And then it's just, it just becomes because I've come in waves, man. Recruiting is waves. Like I went on a high, like I was like, fuck, man. For like five or six months, I wrote 20 contracts in I think five months. Mm-hmm. And this was during FMAN, starting in FMAN. And uh, it rolled in. And then I hit AO, got restructured. I went through a lot of personal shit. And I fucking crashed. And even on my shitty times, I was still getting twos and threes. But that was just because of the momentum I learned before, man. And I was like, not giving up on the Marine Corps or this shit. I was just like, I was in a rut, man. And I had to get myself out yeah. of it. And I had to take myself back and remember. Because that's, that's, that's like my sin. That's my biggest probably character flaw is attitude. Because I've had a really bad attitude most of my life until I learned how to control it. But, and then I started, like, then this month, I hit this month. Really good attitude, grinding. I uh, We started doing, and here's a trick to virtual appointments. A lot of people like virtual appointments don't work. Here's how you make it work. I had three same day, I'm not kidding, three same day interviews last week during the snowstorm on Thursday. Because TC packed them out and I was like, hey man, what are you doing for the next two hours? Nothing. Cool. Let me stop you real quick. And we fucking interviewed. And Let's go. He, he signed today. My boss went up there today and got fucking papers. He signed today. And Let's the other two, go. the other two um, signed, came into my office. And because it was a little out of my head, I had another recruiter. Uh, one of our coworkers, he got paperwork on them. So three interviews, three for three on a fucking virtual that other recruiters are like, virtual appointments don't work. Like, they can. You just got to fucking throw the iron's hot. Things don't work because you're not making them work. So here's three things that I wrote down today just because I, I, I wanted to do to talk about. That's why I was looking at my phone. Number mm-hmm. one, I don't know if you ever heard about Dr. Eric Thomas. He oh, yeah, is yeah, 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 amazing, yeah. Yeah, so he's an amazing motivational speaker. Huh? And one of the things that I watched the video he talked about was be intentional and be deliberate. That's the problem with Marine Corps recruiting duty. 
When you're walking in the office, you're not being intentional and deliberate with what you're doing. You're just doing it to do it. You're just making phone calls to do it. Hey, why are you calling that list? Because Gunny told me to. Hey, why are you calling EPPCs right now at this time of day? Because Gunny told me to. Hey, why are you doing this? Stop doing what you're doing and be deliberate with what you're doing. Be intentional with what you're doing. The other thing, that kid pissed me off. Who gives a shit, bro? If you have a bad TC, hang up the phone, get over it. If you have a bad AC, a bad interview at NWA, you getting tight at all of those things is going to linger into the next phone call, linger into the next interview, all for what? Like you're gonna let you're gonna let somebody get on your shoulder and then be there the rest of the day? No, bro, you don't want to join the Marine Corps. Have a good day. I'm on to the next one. And you just let them win. Like, why would I let some punk ass 17 or 18 year old make me not come home to my family till 10 o'clock because I had a fucking shitty attitude? Like, you think then, you think uh, you think Tom Brady throws an interception and worries about it all fucking game? No, he goes around and throws three fucking touchdowns after that interception. You know what I mean? And that's the, that's the fucking secret is that mentality. But like, that's shit. the thing. He's just like, like have it like this. Like, here's the thing, Marines. We should be pride, like, pride and arrogance. And here's the thing. Like, no matter what, and no matter what your job is, ground side air, whatever the case is, like, you can always rest in the fact of like, dude, this fucking sucks. But you know what? I'm glad I'm a fucking Marine. So I'd rather be doing this shit than being whatever the case is. Have that same mentality where like a kid goes, "Oh fuck you, you're a baby killer," and hangs up the phone. Like, all right, his loss. On to the next one. You know what I mean? Like that should be your mentality. Like, mm-hmm. I should like. I should not be recruiting you to join the Marine Corps. You should be trying to prove yourself on why you should join my Marine Corps. All I'm doing is, is making a means to an end for you to realize I'm here. Bro. You know what I mean? So here's here, here's something that I want to bring up before we kind of close this up, because I know people looking to say it, and I know it's been brought up numerous times. A lot of people will say, hey, the recruiters as good as they are because of their AO. Here's the thing. I don't agree with that. I don't agree. I, I do and I don't because I've seen him. I, I had this dude while I was on the duty. I had him. He was, he had an awesome AO. He had like five ROTCs, JROTCs in his AO. So it was clear as day where he was getting contracts. So for a long ass time, I hated on him. I was like, bro, this dude getting shit all the time. And then, I, and I always said, bro, I bet you it's his AO. I bet you it's his AO. And then one day I went out, I saw him TC, I saw him AC. And I straight out was like, bro, you trash. I told him to his face. I was like, bro, if it wasn't for your AO, you would have never made it out here. And it was reality. But why do I, why am I, where am I getting? I've also seen people be given an amazing AO and then take that shit and make it garbage. There's, a, there's an RSS in New Jersey. I'm not going to say it because I have listeners here. But. There's an RSS in New Jersey. That RSS has notoriously never missed mission for years, like decades. When I left, when I left, I left that shit and my, 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 I had for shipping, I was at 105%. For contracting, I was at 105%. When I left, okay, my person that took it over, Ended up, they were doing okay, and then they missed for like three months straight. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, how the fuck do you miss there? So the point of what I'm saying is, 
is that yes, an AO, <clears throat> an AO can change everything. But if you don't work and you don't grind, then it doesn't matter how beautiful the gift you got was. Yeah. My RSS, we, all three of us have pretty rough AOs. Rough for different reasons. We're all pretty much rural AOs. Like we're just a bunch of PCSs and um, so even smaller things than that put together in a combination and whatever the case is. We all have kind of rough AOs, but I'm, I'm kind of thankful for it because here's the thing. And I know this is a statement, more of an opinion, whatever. But a average recruiter in a really hard AO would wipe the fucking floor with a really good recruiter in a really good AO. Amen. So because here's my question he's had for a you. I've, here, here's my question because I've had I've had this question asked a lot, and I don't know how to explain it because I've never been there. But how do you deal with working in a rural area? Like how do you how do you make it work? Because a lot of people say that it's hard. Because you travel from one point to the other a lot, you lose a lot of travel time, you lose a lot of window shield time, and you, you know, like for I had someone who was like, bro, like in order for me to go out ACing, I gotta drop two hours to go ACing. So at this point, it's like, why do I even AC? And then it's like, so how do you make it work in an area like that? Um, here's how. There's a few ways to do it, and I'm still learning as I go. Um, yeah, but I learned to create my own system within the Marine Corps system. Still abiding by how we're supposed to do it but also creating more systems here's where this is where you should be like like yeah, all right i have a really good opportunity because one i don't have a recruiter down here micromanaging me and making me do things his way regardless if i agree with it or not and secondly i have an opportunity to grow where i'm planted and third you can become the mayor in 20 communities by you know by not literally like hypothetically you got all these high schools that have 20 30 seniors like those kids, like, they don't have shit. They don't have shit going for them. They don't know shit. Like, be that impactor in life in that community. Because if you have one good enlist, like, one good impact made in all these communities, it's going to come together. Like, it's going to like, like a fist. It's going to come together. And now that's how reputation spreads. Small communities, word, word of mouth is everything. If you're really good, you're going to get that. If, you're, if you fuck up one time, I'm, I've seen it. You fuck up one time, your AO can be ruined. So it can have, it can play to the wrong side, too but yeah um just i drove so the the last my last month i wrote a five not the last month but the last time i ever wrote a five um four was in month i spent 48 hours and they even tracked it like the hires are like dude i spent 48 hours on the road in one week not a month a week and that's just driving wow. all over god's fucking green earth because here's the thing rural areas and rural cruisers will know Kids don't have driver's license. Even 18, 19, 20 years old, they don't get driver's license. And we're like, what the fuck? You would think because they don't have nowhere to go, but no. And you're like, fuck, now I got to drive your ass everywhere. Police functions, whatever cases. So what motivated me was find a kid. And this is when you start targeting your, your audience. Is I would find a lee or I'd find an applicant and list him that has a car in the area just so he can drive my kids. Because I'm so fucking tired of driving. Because one side of my AO to the other is nearly three hours. And that's just me as one recruiter. Wow. And then the other recruiter... The other recruiter in the other sector in RRSS has almost the exact same distance for his two. Wow. It's massive. That's insane. Yeah. Bro, so, so. here, so I, I, so I guess like my, my end to this really would just be what advice do you have for somebody? Because you're still, how long have you been on the duty? Um, I'll hit my year month, I'll hit my 12 month on production in March. Okay, so about to hit a year on production. 
what was the first, what advice do you have for somebody going through that first year of recruiting duty? Like from BRC to hitting that, that one year, what advice do you have for that person? I got lucky. I told, I told it to my wife, obviously she was on SDA. She understands the grind. She was on, she was a drill instructor. And I sat here and I basically made a promise. And I was like, Hey, the first year, like, this is, yeah, it's kind of for me. Cause I'm like, yes, I'm trying to get promoted. But secondly, this is going to benefit you guys in the long run. Um, but I, I was like, I grinded really hard for my first six months. I'm talking about 1, 2 a.m. Especially, you know how it is? Like, you grind, you no matter how fucking tired it is, like, you're grinding and you're driving till 11, 12 o'clock. Like, you got to text the boss and be like, hey, I'm having a gutty pass with you because X, Y, and Z. And they'll allow it, surely, if they know what you're not doing is stupid. And yeah. whatever the reason is, and then you realize, like, fuck, man, I got a BIQ and it's 11 o'clock or it's 1 o'clock, 2 a.m. I was like, fuck, I got a BIQ to do still. And then you type that <laughs> shit in. And then you're like, because we didn't have shuttle transport, so I had to drive them to MEPS. MEPS was a three-hour drive from my wow. fucking from my PCS. So Ugh. I'm like, fuck, man. So I'm like, fuck, do this BIQ, get a, get a nap in. And I did that for, like, well, pretty much from March to July I did that. And it was just like. Fuck man, it was it was tiring, but it was I learned a lot. So really, put yourself through the shit. Like, don't make it to the point to where your boss has to do it. Put yourself through it because forge by fire, man. Like you sit here, you take a you take a piece of iron, you put it through metal, and beat the shit out of it. Eventually, it's gonna become a fucking weapon. So mm-hmm. it's really the best advice I got, bro. I like I like that a lot. I like that a lot because a lot of times. We're not forging our own fire. We're not doing it on our own. Somebody else has to put that pressure on us. And, and you know, we know stuff about, like, diamonds, bro. Diamonds don't become diamonds without pressure. You know, mm-hmm. the, the the heat, the heat, the pressure. Like, and that's all that becomes. And that, and that's what it is, too, about, you know, this is what I, I kind of want to just leave you off with. Like, I can just tell by your, this conversation alone, that the type of person that you are is I am a winner. And you're the type of person that you can see that, like, okay, I can make excuses or I can prepare for what's going to happen. And then I know what to do when it happens. And that's the thing about it is that, like, and that's something that I was saying to my buddy. I was like, bro, I understand this whole Emerald shit is a problem, okay? But now all we got to do is understand, okay, well, now how much more prep time does it take? You know, is it is it going to be more on my end that I'm going to have some more view meds or I'm going to have some more kids? Okay, well, then that means I can't hold a bucket. I just have to keep replenishing so that if this kid doesn't make it this month, he'll make it next month. Or maybe he is PDQ. But, like, I that's want- the problem is if you don't have the volume, then you're not going to have the results. I want harder times to come. On I know it sounds fucking stupid. And there's a few other recruiters, very few that agree with me. Like, Embro did, I'll be honest, it has an effect on me. I'm just going to be real with you. It is what it is. Um, because here's the thing. When it's – and you got to look at your other competition. The things that are affecting look – at the, look at every business that has either been successful or not successful. What is the difference? It's not funding. It's not hiring the right people. It's businesses that were resilient and adaptable in the hardest of times, and the ones that weren't fucking perished. And it's the same way with recruiters. If you can't fucking adapt – because here's the thing. Army getting adapt. Not, not at least in my area. In fact, they can't be bitching about it. They're always in my office bitching about how Emroads is fucking them up. Hey, how are you guys doing? Whatever the case is. I'm like, I'm gonna be honest, man. There were three the first month Emroads was out, and I wasn't really fucking putting out the way I should because I was doing a lot of personal shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And whatever the case is, and it was like COVID. 
fuck that. That's just an excuse. You should be excited. You should be like, all right, well, everyone's struggling with COVID. I'm going to make sure I'm not. So I just start taking their business. Bro, this is what I, bro, I'm glad that I'm not saying it because this is exactly my point. If everybody, where everyone's dealing with it, I deal with it as a civilian in my college. I deal with it every day, like for my college that I work for. Mm-hmm. Our thing was we were doing okay, and then all of a sudden we had to mandate the vaccine. So now you can't come into our car. You can't be a part of the nursing program or this program if you're not vaccinated because of the clinicals. So now I could have easily been like, oh, I can't do my job now. Or now the first screening question I ask as soon as I get on the phone is, hey, are you vaccinated and are you going to get vaccinated? No? Okay. Well, our policy is this. If you're not going to do it, then I'm just letting you know there's no point of this conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can, you can, you can work around it, but we'll, we'll talk more because like, I know you're trying to get off. I'm not trying to get off soon, but. There's, yeah. you know, I, I really would love to do another session with you and talk about things oh, I use because yeah. I think yeah. we need to have sessions, not just me, but other recruiters on your podcast and talk about things that use that works and doesn't work. Because at the end of the day, like Bro. when you're when you're at the RS yes. and you have whether it's mod training, zero training, whatever the case kind of training, it should be all these recruiters coming together. And our RS is really good at doing it. I got to admit, I got to admit, I looked out when it comes to my RS. I got a really good RS in my opinion. That's um, awesome. Not because it's easy, but because I got a command that actually fucking gives a shit. No, but and that's the we, thing is that we you, get to you we get together, to like we get yeah. there and we just talk about what works, what doesn't. Even recruiters that are on in zeros when they come to mod training or whatever they call it, pet training, they're like, "Hey, this is what's working. This isn't working." Hey, man, Sergeant Smith, how come? Like, hey, dog, you wrote like a fucking three last month. Like, what'd you do? And it's like, well, this is what I did, and that's all it is. It's just recruiters saying what works and doesn't work. So, and that breeds really good positive mental attitude. Amen. And especially because you're sitting in a room talking to people about what's going on. Not sitting in a room just making TCs on a Saturday to make fake appointments so you can leave and go home. That's not training. Nothing's going to happen. Cross-pollinate. Talk about what you're doing good. Talk about how you're succeeding. Talk about how you're making mission. Talk about what the fuck you fucked up. And that's the thing, too. Nobody wants to talk about, hey, I fucked up. Hey, you know what, man? I, I had a really bad day, and I re- and my TCs weren't it. Blah blah blah. And that's the thing, bro. But thank you so much for coming out, man. I definitely want to do another episode because this was definitely an amazing one. I appreciate you, man. I know you're gonna keep up the positive mental attitude. I know you're gonna freaking win this meritorious board. So I can't wait till to to talk to you after you've been meritoriously promoted. So. Hey, man, keep it up, man. I think, again, thank you so much for doing what you're doing. And just keep on keeping on. Thank you. Let me, thank you for letting me run my uh, run my suck, pun intended. Nah, man, my bad for interrupting you, bro, because you you got me, like, souped in so many so many different times. And I, I just, oh, man, I love it. But, hey, man, thanks a lot, man. I hope you have a good rest of the night. You too, brother.